Hey there, we're so glad you're joining us here online. As always, you can catch up on past sermons on our YouTube channel or on our website by going to nphx.org slash watch. Enjoy the message. It is a, uh, as always, a great privilege uh, to be here with you this morning uh, to share God's word with God's people. Uh, I appreciate uh, Pastor Noe, who needs a break that gives us different ones of us an opportunity to come up here and, and, and share with you. And uh, weren't those some great videos from Zambia with the crew out there? Props to anybody, everybody in the, in the house that went to Zambia to be part of that. Uh, it's a life-changing experience. I, I know, what that's, know what that's like. Uh, man, we're in the book of, book of Esther. And this is a crazy book. I mean, it, it is why it reminds, it reminds me of a uh, Netflix limited series melodrama with 10 episodes in it. And uh, I don't know whether you're like me, man. I get caught up in those episodes. Uh, that's the reason I come in here looking sleepy sometimes. I ain't mad at anybody. Not mad at anybody, but I should have gone to bed before 3 o'clock <laughs> watching one of, those, one of those episodes. But it's this great, great story with every, every kind of element that needs to be in a good story. It has your, your antagonists, your protagonists, your heroes, your villains, a twisted plots and, and conflict, and then this, this resolution, and everything's in there to make it a great story. It's a redemption story. It's one of the, one of the great redemption stories in the, Old, in the Old Testament. And it's the redemption and the salvation of the Jews, which is in focus. But let me say something. It is really bigger, this story of Esther is really bigger than just the Jews in her time that they're trying to save. It really is the saving of a lineage. It's saving of a lineage through which Christ the Messiah would come, through which Jesus of Nazareth would show up. It's about saving some, a little 11-year-old kid in a rural country church on May 14, 1965, with extent, uh, invitation extended, and I go forward, and I trust Christ. And now I'm in a position to do what Esther was doing. I'm in a position to be able to help save people. And so it's a great story of redemption. But as Pastor shared with you early on, uh, a lot of folks didn't think that Esther ought to be in the canon, ought to be in the, in the Bible, because it doesn't have the name God mentioned in it. And it's not a, real, a lot of spiritual, religious kind of jargon at all in it. And so a lot of folks thought it shouldn't be. But if you take the book of Esther and lay it next to the other redemptive story uh, accounts in the Old Testament, it fits right in. God says to, to Abraham, Abraham, what you got? And Abraham says, you know, I, I got some faith. And he says, okay, I don't want you to kill Isaac, keep him alive, because through him, I'm going to bring the Messiah. Then he looks over at Joseph. Joseph, what, what you got? Joseph said, uh, you know, I, I can interp interpret a few dreams. And all. He says, good, while you're in prison, interpret the dream of the cupbearer, because I need you to get to Egypt to become the prime minister so that you might keep many people alive. So then he looks over at, at Moses Yo, Moses, what do, what do you have? What you got? Moses said, man, I just got this stick, this staff. And he says, well, you take that staff and you go on over to Egypt and you tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. Little David, man, what, what, what do you have, David? He says, man, I, I just got these little rocks and stones here. God says, okay, you, you see that tall dude standing over there with the big head? 
I want you to take those rocks and stones and, and put those upside his head. And when he lands, when he lands, I want you to take his head off. Cool. So he comes to, comes to Esther. He says, hey, Esther, 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 what you got? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What it is that Esther's got, that God wants to use. And my hope is, as we go through this, there's going to be this question going on in your mind. I know the English teachers in here hate this. But it's going to be, what do I got? What do I have, Lord, that you, that you want to use? And so I'm going to start us off. I, again, I, I think this is like a Netflix series. And so I'm going to, instead of chapters, as much as possible, I'm going to talk about episodes in, 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 uh, in this book. And we're going to talk about chap, uh, episodes five and six. But I want us to start at the end of episode four that Pastor shared on last week that I think sets the tone for this. And in fact... It gives birth to everything else that's going to happen. So uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to episode chapter 4. Uh, I'm just going to read uh, verses 15 and 16. It says, Then Esther told them, uh, told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you for this opportunity again of being in your presence with your people and your Holy Spirit. In your word. And we ask that you would do what you do each week when we're gathered here, and that is speak, move, convict. Whatever we need, I ask that your spirit would go from heart to heart, soul to soul, minister according to each person's need. And when all is said and done, we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. For it's in the name of Jesus, our dear friend and redeemer. In his name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen, amen. Well, why do I think it is that the end of episode four, those three days, really birth everything that takes place in chapter five and six and beyond? In those, uh, in that last episode, Mordecai had come to, you remember, had come to uh, find out that, or uh, was upset because Haman, the beast, uh, if I was going to name this book, I would name it Beauty and the Beast Reimagined. And so hey, hey, uh, Mordecai had come, her cousin had come and to let Esther know that there was a hit out on all the Jews, that, that Haman the Beast wanted to exterminate all the Jews and that she had to go in and talk to the king and let him know. And Esther said, oh, heck no, I can't do that. You know, you can't just roll in and on the, on the king. He has to be, you have to be summoned. And the brother hasn't summoned me for over 30 days. I cannot go up there. That's a death wish. And Mordecai says, hey, I, I'm letting you know, if you, don't, if you don't die that way, you're going to die this way. You're going to go down as well. Perhaps 
Esther, that God has called you for such a time as this. So she takes a deep breath and she relents and says, okay, I want y'all to to fast and pray and I'm going to bring my girls together. I call them the sisterhood of uh, connect group. She said, I'm going to bring my sisters together and and, and we're going to do the same. Now, why do I think? Now, I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. You probably do it every week anyway, but I'm going to ask you to, I want you to have reasonable imagination. Reasonable imagination. And what that means is I want you to feel, to smell, to, 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 to place yourself into the humanity. Sometimes when we read these folks in the Bible, they're just kind of flatlined. We just kind of pass over, but they're folks just like us. And so I, because I got to go through two, two uh, chapters, I got to go fly through here, but I want you to use your imagination. So start it here. So somewhere in these three days, I believe as they are praying and talking and, and fasting, these ladies come up with a plan. Somebody in there, I'm just going to call her Minaj, uh, somebody in there says to, to, to Esther, this is a man issue. This is a man issue. Beauty and power is all a man is interested in. Beauty and power. So all you got to do, and so Esther gave her a quick look and she closed up. She said, I'm just saying. But I believe they listened. They talked because they know a lot of stuff because they've seen a lot of stuff. These women have, are, are used to, 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 at the pleasure of these men, so they know how to work them. You no, know, y'all think I'm joking. Go to chapter 5. They're in the fast. In chapter 5, verse 1, and as this episode kicks off, it says, y'all with me? On the third day, this is following the fast, Esther put on her royal robes. Mm, I heard somebody say, hmm. And stood in the inner court of the king's palace, in front of the king's quarters. Hmm. While the king was sitting on his royal throne, inside the throne room, opposite the entrance to the palace. Now, I am no more going to stand up here and try to show you how Esther was posing any more than I was going to blow that shofar a few months back. (laughs) But this is where you have to use your imagination. Now, this is family hours, so keep it high and holy. But let's keep it real. All I know is the scriptures say that Esther showed up in her robes, maybe a little hesitant because her life was at stake. And you can hear Minaj over in the side, and a girl, get on out there and work it. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that looked like. Listen, I don't know what that looked like, but something happened because look, 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 what, comes, look what comes next. You're, reasonable imagination. Be careful. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won his flavor, a favor, won his favor, favor in his sight. <laughs> and, he, and he held out, and he held out. Now remember, 
she had to get past the king to get to the beast. And the only way she could do that is if the brother would, would extend the scepter. So it says that he's standing there, sees her in the entranceway. And I don't know what happened, but he, she said he won favor. She's already won it. She, he won favor, and it says that he extended the scepter. My imagination says, I don't even know he realized, I don't even think he realized he had extended it. I think he turned to the brothers in the room and said, do y'all see that? <laughs> and, and, and the scriptures say that, 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 that Esther approached. No, I think Minaj said, girl, you better get over and touch that. And so it says she went in and she, <laughs> high and holy, high and holy. But she went in and she touched the scepter. She's in. Man one down. And I told her, beauty and power. Now listen, this is why I believe the sisterhood, the conversation, they came up with a strategy. Esther has not opened her mouth yet. Look what the brother says. <clears throat> What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? And it shall be given to you even up to half of my kingdom. Now, he ain't totally lost everything. She's only getting half of the kingdom. <laughs> what do you want, girl? And she clears her throat. <clears throat> if it please the king, let the king and who? Haman, come today to a feast, to a banquet that I have prepared for the king. And the king said, well, somebody hurry up and go get Haman. <laughs> That's what it says. Y'all think I'm joking. It says it. Bring Haman quickly so that we may do as Esther has asked. Guess what? Esther has taken over the palace. Go get that boy. Get him in here so we can do whatever she asks. Get Haman. Get the beast. She told him, beauty and power, because these folks love to throw parties, love to have banquets where they can show off their power and who they are and their possessions. And to be there with the king and the queen, man too is on his way down. You see, what has happened with, with Queen Esther is that she has gone from queen of pomp and pretty things to queen of purpose. She's gone from queen of pomp and, and circumstance to being a queen on purpose. And so she sets up not just one, but two banquets. And she invites Haman, the beast, to two of those, to two banquets. And you can just begin to see Haman, who loves himself, his head. Because, he's, man, he's hanging out. 
with the king and queen. She's in. She gets past the scepter. The beauty wants the beast. And they've come up with this plan. She's got both of them. The rest of the chapter is this psychological workup of a manic egotist who just loves himself and moves in and out of emotions. He leaves this first banquet and feast with Esther and the queen, and he's just feeling good. The Bible says he was joyful and glad at heart, drunk. But the Bible says, glad at heart. And it says he, when he leaves him there, he is just, he's just walking on cloud nine. I mean, he's feeling it until he sees Mordecai. You remember episode two. Mordecai, he cannot stand because Mordecai will not bow and pay him homage. So he's here, but he sees Mordecai's where? In the gate. Keep an eye on in the gate, King's Gate. And he gets angry. And so he goes to his house and he goes in with his wife and his friends and he's, he's checking off all the things that he's accomplished and everything that he possesses. And he's, he's feeling good about himself. But then <clears throat> Mordecai, he says, man, I, I could have all of this and enjoy it, but it don't mean nothing because of that Mordecai. Depression. And his friends give him some some counsels. See, man, listen, if, if, if the brother's bothering you that bad, just hang him. Just hang him. Just build a 75-foot gallow and, and hang the brother on there and then go to your banquet tomorrow joyfully. Haman says, huh, great idea. And they start building the gallow. Let me tell you something. David had his rocks, Moses his staff, but the Bible tells us that from neck up and neck down, Esther brought her beauty. She was beautiful form. She used that, God used that to get her in. And then she, and again, I believe the sisterhood, put together this brilliant, ingenious plan to save the nation. Coming out of this, first point that I want you all to keep in mind is to live on purpose. Live on purpose. You are a redeemer. God is still wanting to save and redeem today. Live on purpose, not just for possessions and positions and all that kind of stuff, the pretty stuff, but live on purpose so that when God calls, you'll step up and be used of him. Esther did her part. She said, she said, Haman up. Crazy. You uh, uh, Y'all know who Serena Williams, right? Serena knows how to, how, to, how to set things up. And so 
you, uh, you see that green ball in her hand? That's Haman. <laughs> Use your imagination. That green ball in Serena's hand is Haman. And in chapter 5, she has set this brother up. And you can imagine what happens when she serves. That's episode five. Let's go to episode six. Because what we have in, 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 in the book of Esther is this beautiful tapestry, if you will, this weaving together of human ingenuity and divine sovereignty. Yes, God takes what we have, and if we allow him, he will use it to accomplish his redemptive purposes. But we're reminded in chapter 6 that God works behind the scene to, to pull off his will in a way that is inc- that's incredible. And sometimes we don't see it. We talk about God being silent. For most of us, he's always silent. Maybe that's heard the voice of God. But for most of us, we don't get an audible. We have to live by faith. And there are times in our life where we just like, is God there? Is he aware of what I'm, what I'm going through? Is he aware of where I am? And what chapter 6 says, yes, he does. Yes, he does. I want to read from Proverbs Chapter 21, verse 1, there's a verse that talks about how the heart of the king is like streams of water and that he turns it wherever he will. The heart of the king is like streams of water and God turns it wherever he wills. And that's what we see happening in chapter 6. And again, I'm going to ask you to engage for a few minutes your reasonable imagination and just watch how God works. This episode starts off with the king having insomnia. He can't sleep. He's restless. And so... Like most of us, he gets up and pulls out the Chronicles. No, we pull out the TV or or phone or or something to try to get back to sleep. But he pulls out some dull old Chronicles. And it happens to be, watch this now, it happens to be the Chronicles in which is recorded the the great things or the wonderful things that, that folks have done that he wanted to take note of. And it just so happens that one of the Chronicles that he opens up has the name of guess who? Mordecai. Episode 2. Mordecai gets wind of a plot by two of the king's eunuchs that are going to kill him. He brings it to the attention of the king. They hang the guys and they write, listen, they write Mordecai's name in these chronicles. This was five years ago. And so he, trying to get back to sleep, he begins to read these chronicles. And there's Mordecai's name, verse 3. And the king said, what honor or distinction has been bestowed 
on Mordecai for this. And the king's young men who attended him said, nothing has been done for him. Watch this. And the king said, who's in the court? Who's in the court? This is early morning. Let me ask you all. I know this is a big auditorium. We, we can, who do you think's in the court? Haman. Haman is in the court. Who is in the court? Verse 4. Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Are you kidding me, God? Are you kidding me? And the king's young men said, huh, Haman is there standing in the court. And the king says, let the brother in. Let him in. Now watch how God, I mean, this is here. I, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. I just, I just, want, to, just want to read it because I know you're using your imagination. So Haman came in and the king said to him, what should be done to the man when the king delights to honor, whom the king delights to honor. You hear the pump. And Haman said, uh, I mean, let me back up. And Haman said to himself, who else would the king want to honor over me? It's in the good book, y'all. I am not making this up. Look at God. The brother's all up in his head. Who, who else? So what he says is, King, I have this idea of how you honor that man. Mm, got a great plan. Bring out your robes, the ones that you wear yourself, and bring out the horse, you know, the one with the crown on it, the one that you ride, O king. And for this man that you want to honor, have them dress him in that robe and seat him on your horse. And then once he's dressed and he's on the horse, then have some of, your, of, these, of these lowly officials take that horse and walk through the city square, saying... This is what the king does to honor the man that he honors. Watch what, watch, watch. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Then the king said to Haman, he's always talking about hurry. Hurry. Take the robes and the horse, just as you have said, and do so, come on, y'all, to who? See, y'all hadn't read, I can tell y'all hadn't read this. This is, this is crazy stuff, straight out of Netflix. <laughs> do so, 
Now, you got to put yourself into Haman. You got to be Haman for a moment. Mm, is right. Do so for Mordecai. Listen, Mordecai the Jew. Who sits where? By the king's gate. Don't, don't, don't lose sight of that king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he did what? He hates Mordecai. It drives him. He is now dressing. He is now putting the robes that are supposed to be on his shoulders. He is now putting those on the man that he cannot stand. Here, let me, let me, let me get that cinched up for you there, Mordecai. Here, let me, let me help you up on the horse. And then Haman has to walk Mordecai, the brother from the king's gate that he hates. He has to walk through the city square. Y'all, this is how the king honors those. This is what shall be done to those that the king honors. Reasonable imagination. It is killing him. But don't take my word for it. Verse 12, then Mordecai did what? He returned to the king's gate, took that stuff off, and he went right back to the place where you normally find him. But Haman hurried to his house. Look, mourning, sniffing and snotting, with his head covered in shame and humiliation in front of the whole city. When you read this, you almost get the feeling that the king was collaborating with Mordecai and Esther. You just kind of, the way, the way God worked this thing, the way God behind the scenes worked this whole thing and brought all this, to, like, you get the feeling that somehow the king was in on getting the beast. He wasn't. It is, this, it is this crazy interaction and intersection of human ingenuity and divine sovereignty to save, to save, to redeem. So Haman goes to his wife and to his friends to tell them what just happened. And you know what he says? You know what, you know, you know what they say to him? Oh, snap. <laughs> you a dead man walking. You, the, Mordecai the Jew is now, and he's that, uh, you know, Zeresh, his wife says, you know what, I think I'm going to go to the country and visit, visit mom. <laughs> and the brother said, yeah, uh, can we help you go to, no, we're, Haman, you going down. You, you, you remember Serena with the green ball? 
well, spoiler alert, is about to look like something like this. <laughs> the boy's going down. Look at, but look, but look, but look, it's not finished. It's not finished because we haven't said verse 14. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived. Here it is again. And hurried to bring Haman to the feast that, what, who? God is bad to the bone. It's here in black and white. God worked it the way Esther worked it. And together, the enemy of the Jews, the enemy of the lineage that will bring us the Christ, the Messiah, the Jesus who has saved us. is about to get a beat down because that's just how God that's just how he does it Mordecai is always in the king's gate always in his place he wasn't trying to do anything he was just being and this is the next point faithful in place Faithful in place. And that's what he wants for us. Why? Because God sees you. God sees you. Where are you right now? What are you going through right now? Don't worry about it. Keep trusting God. Keep, I, I don't see him, remember? I don't feel him. He's there. Just be faithful in place. Because I want to tell you this morning... He sees you. He sees you. He's there. Remember, I don't see him. I don't hear. He's there. My last point is watch out for God. Watch out for God. Look for him. Because he is present. See his presence in silence. He's there. Behind the scenes, maybe not coming through when you want him to or how you want him to, but he's going to come through. What an incredible story of how God uses human ingenuity. He uses the, the gifts and the talents and the skill sets that he's, that he's placed in us. And he just says, just make them available to me. Be a person of, of, of purpose for me. Be faithful in place. Keep your eyes open. Be on God watch. Because I'm there. Man, when you see things like this, there's a, my family, whenever we have something to, to praise God for, we have this little, little gift that says, uh, won't, he, won't, won't he do it? Won't he will? And then there's another one that says, will he? yes, he will. But that's what we see in chapter 6. That's what we see in, in Esther. That's what he does for us.
Are you offering up to him what you have, what you got? Are you being faithful in place where you are? Are you watching out for him? He's there. He's working. Maybe some here this morning and uh, you're here because God has orchestrated that you would be here and he's knocking at your heart and he's saying, man, I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I want to give you new life. Today would be a great day to do that. Some of you have been sitting on the fence. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you're not in a sisterhood group or connect group. Uh, Maybe it's time to get connected because this whole thing was plotted out by, I believe, those sisters in that group. What's God saying to you this morning? Let's pray together.